you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Good Morning Football. We are live in New York City. It is Friday, June 9th. I'm Sarah Walsh alongside Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, and a Super Bowl champion in Sean O'Hara. We're so happy to have you. We're so happy it's Friday. Let's yeah. just be honest. You guys made it. Everybody's working towards the weekend, right? Here we go. It is time now for a new segment we are going to call Quotes on Quotes on Quotes. So here's how this is going to work. We're going to take the three best quotes from the week. You're going to react to them. All four of us will have three minutes to do so. We're going to start in South Beach with receiver Tyreek Hill. The cheetah, to no surprise, has some lofty expectations heading into the 2023 season. I feel like I got the right tools around me. You know, I got, you know, obviously the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. I got one of the best, you know, head coaches coaches in the NFL. And also my position coach is, you know, a monster also. So just having those three things, man, and me just keeping the same mindset each and every day that I want to get better and, you know, I want to break the record. So I feel like this is one of those years that I can, you know, achieve it. Good sound bites out of South Beach lately. Tyreek never disappoints. Peter, we're going to start with you. Your thoughts on Tyreek going for 2,000 yards this coming season. The single season record is 1964. It's held by Calvin Johnson. Cooper Cup came dangerously close mm-hmm. with 1947 a couple years back. I think it's absolutely possible if two is healthy. This is the age-old question with Tyreek. Tyreek Hill was a finalist for Offensive Player of the Year last year. Only five guys were nominated. Tyreek Hill did it with Tua playing in just about three-quarters of the games mm-hmm. and having to do it with filling guys. I think Tua is healthy. Tyreek can obviously achieve this. I would never doubt Tyreek Hill. What I also like is him just putting it out there. Like, I'm going to go be the all-time leader in receiving yeah. yards. He can do that. And you, and you know what? Everyone's like, yeah, maybe. It's, it's like, you know, all right, yeah. yeah. No one rolls up. No one, it's like a cannonball hits my bet in my chest. Oh, like, what a crazy take. Yeah. Tyreek has earned that. And Tyreek has shown that even in a new uniform, he could still make big plays. Yeah, I feel like last year we were talking about what kind of impact is Tyreek Hill going to have in Miami. And it's like, can he have the same kind of production with Mahomes? He could absolutely shatter that record. The 1964? Not the year, that's the number. Right, 1,964 yards. That that was in 16 games. He's got 17 games to do it. So no doubt he could shatter it. And I think that the crazy thing about Tyreek is everybody talks about, man, we got to stop him. Can't give up the big play. Everybody all week long. That's the game plan. And then on Sunday, guess what happens? Big play. Mm. You're getting deuces from the cheetah. It's gone. I, I, I love it. I love it, too. You know, there was the Chiefs, they won the Super Bowl. They deserve all the credit. Tyreek was unbelievable last year. And I, unbelievable. This It was the most amicable, perfect divorce where it worked out so well. He was not a B plus, an A minus. It was
was an A-plus year for Tyreek despite it. As far as the 2,000 yards, Sean's right, 17 games. It's 117 a game. That's 2,000 yards, 117. Now, a couple games, you know, you get 65 or 50. In a couple games, you get 215. And then that's all it is. So it's actually fascinating that he did put that out there because this will follow him. If he starts week one, he's got 160 yards. On-pace guy comes in and sees he's already on pace for 2,200. I think it's doable. If he put up that many yards last year, and God, you know, I just, I'm sitting there, I'm like, Heavenly Father. Just Tua. Please protect Tua Tagovailoa. Right? I want him out there for 17 games. I want him to this Dolphins thing to sink or swim based on their healthy roster. I don't think there's anything I want out of the 2023 season more than a healthy Tua Tagovailoa. I just want it. <laughs> I want it so bad because if he goes down, it's just so dark and unsavory, and none of this works. So praying for Tua to stay healthy, and quick, I hope to have a great season. Do you know yeah. who their backup quarterback is this year? No. Mike White and Skylar Thompson. Right. Mike White signed with the Dolphins. Yeah. The In division. Yeah. Mike White. Okay. I want to. I want to. <laughs> but even when he left Mahomes, I remember we would all ponder like, is this gonna? What's this gonna do for Tyreek? He doesn't have Patrick Mahomes, and it didn't. And remember we how offended everyone got when he was like, yeah. two is the most yeah. accurate passer in the league. Two is the best quarterback in the league. You're like, what, yeah. what are you talking about? And then didn't affect Tyreek's numbers whatsoever. Uh, our second quote of the week: Russell Wilson had a rough season last year. Oh, we got we got I got us some time back. We got an extra six seconds here. His offensive lineman Garrett Bowles had an interesting message for all the haters out there. Take a listen. Um, just because you have one rough season, you can't dictate a type of guy and his personality and what he goes through. You know, I was angry with everything that came out because I love him dearly. I take it very personal. I want people to talk about him because nobody knows him like I do um, or us here. And so, um, you know, when you put when you put a heart on the line, you know, you're focused and you know things go rocky. Um, you know, you look like the bad guy, but he's not. Um, he's a great dude. You know, he's the same guy every single day. He works his butt off. You know, I'm ready for that stuff to go away. Um, and when it goes, everyone's going to eat crow. You know what's so great about that quote? It's that mm. he's hulking over the microphone as he says He looks like, this like, is like Hodor. an imposing... Hodor? <laughs> yeah. Hold the door? That's what he looks like. I'm saying it's a compliment. Hodor's a beloved character. Yeah. Your Very thoughts strong. on that people are going to eat crow? I hope so. The most fun thing that could come really out of the West this year is that the Broncos are great and the Peyton thing works. And listen... It's an old soundbite, but America loves a comeback. The Russ comeback season behind Sean Payton and blowing up and proving all the haters, liars, wrong, serving crap, that's really fun. There's no fun in Russ is bad again next year and the Broncos go 5-12. and 12. No one wants that. I don't want that. I hope he's right. And I'll say it again. Sometimes linemen, Sean, sometimes offensive linemen are a little loath to put the soundbite out there and that's not their role. You should write up and say, this is my guy. Anybody has a problem with it, I absolutely love it. I would have liked it during the season last year. But I like it now, too. Yeah, I think the off-season quotes right now, we've heard the different versions of this, right? Salah stood up there and said, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping receipts. You know, this, is, this yeah. is great. All right, eating crow. Hey, look, dig a little deeper. All right, eat crow is a, is a bird just like okay. a Seahawk was. Yeah. So I think the, the great thing is that Garrett Bowles, hopefully he's healthy. All right, and, and, and I think when you look at what this offense is going to look like now with a healthy Garrett Bowles, with Ben Powers, with Mike McGlinchey, this offense is going to run the football. All right, it's going to be different. And I think the let's ride mm -hmm. that we heard from Russell Wilson is actually going to take place this year. I love the fact that he laid down the gauntlet for not just Russell, but for the whole team now. Hey, let's help him ba help back it up. And, and good for Garrett Bowles sticking up for his quarterback. Can Garrett Bowles cover Patrick Mahomes? No. They can't beat the Chiefs. No, no, like, no, this no, is no. this is what's going to be. So all this stuff is great. <clears throat> they need to stop Patrick Mahomes. The yeah. defense has to be able to do that. And they bring back Vance Joseph, who was a former head coach. Very unorthodox to say a couple years later, all right, you're being hired back as our defensive coordinator. And the yeah. fans weren't outraged. Like, yeah. There was love for Vance.
Vance. They were like, yeah, Vance should be our defensive coordinator. He's great. With Sean Payton also comes Joe Lombardi, which you mentioned. Hired Davis Webb as the quarterback's coach. Davis Webb's 28 years old. Mm. He's going to be coaching Russell Wilson. He was just on the Giants. Just on the Giants last year. year. Yeah. Um, Really interesting coaching staff. And to your point, adding McClinchy, adding Powers, and of course having Bowles, who I think recognizes a really good offensive lineman. Kind of no excuse for us. Like, Sink or swim, and I hope we eat crow, whatever that means. I was going to say, well, what's the extent of eating crow, getting into the playoffs, winning a playoff? You know, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. yesterday, if you're, are you judging it by just what happened last year? So then is eating crow, we're above 500. I think when you weigh the expectations of what was placed on Russell Wilson, given the contract, given the where we were a year ago at this time, talking about who could potentially win this division, and now how silly do we look? Because why would you ever, ever, ever go against the Kansas City Chiefs in any capacity? And it's not we were going against it, but... No one, no one could have suspected what was going to happen to Denver. So as I was listening to everyone's answers, I'm just thinking, well, what does the extent of eating crow mean? Are you like, yeah, and yeah. like kind of a mic drop because we are, Take that. we are 500 this year. You guys are all wrong. So I'm, I'm just not sure what, what the extent of the eating crow is. I want to get to our last clip because this is my favorite. It was story time with Steve Kime this yeah. week. He joined us on Wednesday. Great stories. This was our favorite one. It was about a dinner with Joey Bosa prior to the 2019 NFL Draft. Joey didn't hold back on what type of player he was going to be once joining the league. Went to Master's Steakhouse in Fort Lauderdale and uh, had a great dinner with him. Obviously enjoyed the company. One of my favorite players I've ever scouted. Obviously the guy's been a phenomenal talent. And uh, I'll never forget, we were walking out of the restaurant and he put his arm around both Cliff and I and squeezed our heads oh, no. in a headlock. This is a 20-year-old kid. Yeah. So the GM and the head coach. Exactly. And uh, and he looked over at me and he said, Steve, let me tell you something. Word is you're going to take this little quarterback. <laughs> and if you do, I will absolutely haunt you the rest of your career. <laughs> and uh, let's just say he, he made good on his word. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Mm-hmm. To be clear, Joey, it wasn't Joey Bosa. Nick Bosa. Yeah. Nick Bosa. I said Joey Bosa. Uh, quite the way to introduce yourself to a GM and a coach. Peter, your thoughts on Nick Bosa. The gumption, the confidence to not only tell the GM and the head coach of the team with the first overall pick that you will haunt their dreams if they don't select him, but to put them in headlocks and do as much tells you everything you need to know about Nick Bosa. And I'll tell you what, a couple years down the road, Nick Bosa is a defensive player of the year. The 49ers are contending for a Super Bowl every single season. And Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury are out of jobs right now, and Kyler Murray's not on the field. So Nick Bosa might be a soothsayer in a lot of ways. <laughs> it's one thing to do such an arrogant move like that as a kid. Nothing to back it up, which sounds like he did, and good for Steve to having a good laugh about it now. <laughs> yeah, I love the audacity of Nick Bosa to just talk about, I'm going to haunt you, not, hey, look, I'm going to come back and, and beat you. I'm going to haunt you in your dreams. It reminds me of the story of Peyton Manning, what he did to Bill Polian. and he said, look, if you don't drive me, I'm going to come back in here and kick your butt every mm. single year. So it's the power of, of the, the player and the statement. But uh, for Kime also, you know, it's like, look, I chose quarterback over a defensive guy. Uh, for him to share that as well kind of just kind of peels back Daniel on that as well. But I love that I love that Nick Bosa is not just that he said that, but that he's backed it up. I mm-hmm. think that's pretty powerful. Painful headlock from Bosa, too. Like there's so much bicep and tricep going Locking on. Like on, it just, yeah. the, the head doesn't fit in that little How close were Cliff squishy. and uh, Cliff and Steve when you know. got them there's both together? Of, like, are they right I here? And- I also think it speaks to Bosa's strength and endurance. Understand, this is at the end of a meal at Mastro's Steakhouse. Mm. <laughs> It's a long meal. There's a lot of heavy food. They're constantly refilling the bread basket, which has pretzel bread in it, and those go first. And then if you've been to Mastro's, you have this 
giant steak or whatever the hell you're eating, the garlic mashed and the lobster mashed. And then they do the butter cake, <laughs> which is their signature dessert. There's, I think it's 800 calories a bite and yeah. they put homemade whipped cream. So you put, eat all that stuff. Like you're just ready to undo your belt buckle and just fly down in the parking lot and die. Boss was like, I'm gonna get a workout. Get over here, Cliff, get over here, pretty boy. Give me that big fat potato head, Bill. Come, come here, come here. And they just brought him right in. He still had the energy to do that. It was like a fourth quarter sack that he got. And I love the sliding doors factor of it too. What if in that moment, as Kaim and Cliff's noggins were drastically different looking yeah. heads are up against each other, <laughs> what if they were like, I think this is a moment. I don't like this. We drafted Josh Rosen a year ago. We're gonna stick with Josh. We're gonna go with Bosa. Where does Kyler go? Because the Niners have the number two pick, but they had the Garoppolo thing going yeah. on. You know who had the three pick? Peter, do you remember? That year's draft was the three pick. I don't know. It was the Jets. Ooh. They took Quinn and Williams. Ooh. What if the Jets had taken Kyler Murray? What about his fit in New York City? We would have all kinds of fun with that. I wish the headlock had changed their course, but I think they, they had just taken Darnold too, so they probably wouldn't have taken. So can I ask you another question? Can I ask you another question? Number no, on the four. Did the Cardinals make the right pick? That's the question. Mm. I don't know if they did. I would like to see Nick Bosa in the Arizona Cardinals. I, I don't know. How many playoff games have they won with Kyler? I'll just say, that headlock could have changed a lot of things. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back to Good Morning Football. Our next guest is entering his second season in Cincinnati. He played a major role on the defense late last season as a rookie. Please give a warm welcome to Bengals cornerback Cam Taylor Brim. Hey, how doing? Good. We're doing great. We're so happy we're with you're with us this morning. Um, we want to start with last season, though. You come in as a rookie. You immediately make a name for yourself, especially late in the season. We want to take a look at your numbers in the playoffs. You only allowed four receptions on 13 targets, 33 total yards given up, no touchdowns allowed, and an interception. Those are some pretty impressive stats for a rookie going up against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. What was the biggest challenge for you when facing those guys? Honestly, just coming in and, you know, being on my P's and Q's and, uh, and allowing my teammates to be right there, you know, and trust me, uh, right next there on the field with me. You know, it was, you know, the, the, the games were very, you know, intense. And with being that rookie, man, there, there wasn't no hiccups. So I had to, you know, come in and play my A game. It's incredible. And you did, and you always do. You know, your Bengals have maybe the best receiving core in the NFL. You guys got incredible <laughs> players there. It opens up to debate. You know, the, the Miami guys are good, and then what they got going on in San Francisco is good. Mm -hmm. It's T and Tyler and Jamar. What is it like going up against those guys in practice? Is there competitiveness? Is there chirping? Is there trash talking? Is there is there gritting? Like, what do you, how do you guys get down in practice when you go against those wideouts? Honestly, like everything, like you just said, man, it's, it's all the talking, it's, it's the grittiness, it's the competition. Uh, and I believe that's what gets us better every day, especially on the defense, you know, having to guard all three caliber guys like that. 
has experience, you know, against multiple corner corners and you know safeties, and you know they, they just call everything out sometimes for me, you know, when they see something that I did wrong, you know, that I can fix. So uh, it's, it's a plus, you know, to every each one of them. Ken, you had this great rookie season last year, and it's funny, we, we work on Good Morning Football where we've watched this Bengals team yeah. rise from the ashes like a phoenix, and it's yeah. been so cool for us to see this team that for a decade really was in the bottom of the league and now is one of the most important and best teams. I look at this defensive backfield, though, because we're trying to spin plates and try to poke holes in the Bengals, and one yeah. of the big things that we're focusing on is, hey, no more Von Bell, no more Jesse Bates. There are people saying that the Achilles heel of this oh, Bengals no. team oh. might be that defensive backfield. Your response to those critics would be what? Hey, it's always next man up and it's always been that. Uh, we came in with Nick Scott who's a good veteran man that has played in a lot of games as well who we needed in the room uh, and also Dax Hill man, he was drafted first round for a reason uh, he didn't have the opportunity to you know come in like I did and you know make an impact but most definitely uh, his time is now. Uh, we have also you know young guys like Jordan Battle and Tyson Anderson so the room is great man. I feel like any one of us can you know come in and make an impact Cam, you certainly have a lot of talent on your team. Let's talk about your head coach, Zach Taylor. Okay. Somebody you know, all right? A fellow Nebraska guy. Played, he played a couple of seasons there as a starting corner, <laughs> uh, just like you. So I'm just curious, have you guys talked about some of the things uh, that you did in Nebraska? What kind of conversations have you had with Zach about his time in Nebraska and yours as well? Honestly, man, uh, when I when I came in, you know, it was just best best thing ever, and especially knowing that he was a corn husker. Uh, we have had conversations about you know going back to Lincoln uh, from time to time together. You know, also with Stanley Morgan and some other guys, you know, from in the league, so we can go back. You know, just try to do something for Nebraska. You know, because they're on the rising as well with their new coaching staff. So you know, we just want to be there for the guys and let make sure they know that we're we're there for them. I know you probably get asked about your quarterback a lot. He's a hot topic on this show. We love him. Yesterday, we were raving about Joe Burrow's baseball skills. He was taking BP with the Cincinnati Reds the other day and crushing the ball. You have only been around him for a short period of time, but you got to tell us, is there anything that Joe Burrow can't do? I honestly was just going to say that. Uh, I don't believe there's a lot that he can't do. I think once he figures it out, he's going to do it to the best of his ability. And that's when I feel like, you know, he can't be stopped because he, you know, cool Joe. <laughs> there's got to be something. Like, he's terrible at singing. He can't cook. Like, you've never seen me like, wow, Joe, get your act together. What are you doing? Honestly, yeah, he's always on, you know, ten toes down on his P's and Q's. I can't catch him slipping. When I do, when I do catch him, I'll come and tell y'all. All right, it's incredible. It, it, it might just be that he's just the perfect specimen. He can do everything, and yeah, that's really cool. That's when what you're it ten might toes be. down at the karaoke bar. Come on, listen. You're ten toes down on the field, off the field. Great player, great guy, but also really involved in your community. I love the Juice Family Foundation. Tell us yes, about sir. the football camp you got coming up, camp, and that beautiful Juice Family Foundation. What's it all about? Well, man, I just started the Juice Family Foundation in April, uh, and it's the you know, joining us in community empowerment. Uh, one thing I wanted to do with this is, you know, start off with the the main focus was the kids. And the, I love kids. Uh, I try to do everything for them. So we just hosted, hosted an event, a bowling bash event. Uh, last weekend, uh, we did that in Montgomery, Alabama for the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, I always try to work around with the Boys and Girls Club because that's something that I did when I was little. And, you know, they played a huge part of my life. Uh, with the camp that I have coming up next weekend, there's over 300 kids, I believe, 
I believe my mom said the first day it was sold out, 150 kids for both age groups. And uh, it's just amazing to see, you know, everybody trying to come together, you know, just trying to do something positive. I feel like, you know, with me being there, you know, kids can look up to me and, you know, notice that anything is possible. It's awesome. 300 really kids. Is. We wish you well on that. Yeah. Kim, thank you so much for thank stopping you. by and, and joining us. And best of luck to your Bengals. And enjoy the rest of this offseason, which we know is rapidly getting shorter and shorter by the second. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Great dude. I like him. Kim told us he's playing in Devontae Smith's charity softball yeah. game uh -oh. this week. Bringing yeah. the juice. If you're going to be down there in Philadelphia, you'll see. Everybody go check him out. Yeah. Said he's okay. going for the home run or the derby title there. All right. What about you, Will? Ten toes down, baby. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> about to do this update. I'm going to follow my man Cam if I can. As right. we know, DeAndre Hopkins expected to visit with the Titans on Sunday. And now NFL Network insider Ian Rapport is reporting that D-Hop is set to visit the Patriots next week as well. Could there be other teams in the mix here? Well, Lions wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown joined minicamps live on NFL Plus and talked about the possibility of D-Hop going to Motown. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you talk about an all-pro player, he's obviously going to help any team that he joins. But the guys that we have now in this room, I feel like, you know, we all do things differently. We all do things really well. Like you said, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, me, Marvin Jones that we added. We got some rookies, some young guys. So we got a lot of guys that do things well on our team right now. But like you said, obviously, adding a guy like that, he's going to help any team. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Often during OTAs and minicamps, coaches are wary to single out any players that they think is looking good in camp. But that's not Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. Nope. There was one particular wide receiver he had high praise for. I have no problem singling one guy out that I think's just done a phenomenal job this offseason is Quez Watkins. I love his attitude of, and, I, and I've said this to him, and, and I have no problem saying it here, like, oh, you guys, some people around here, and it's not in this building. We got a ton of confidence in here, in, in Quez Watkins, but I kind of sense from him. He's never said this, but I kind of sense, oh, some people think I stink. Wait, wait. And that's how he's attacked every day. That's how he's attacked practices. And I really, yeah, I really think that he, he looks really good. And uh, we know he's got a lot of talent and, uh, and that well, I'm excited about that. Go Quez. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Yesterday, the folks at Fanatics dropped one of the coolest rookie videos you will see this offseason. The rookie class of 2023 were not only surprised by their own NFL idols, but they were also given some gifts and some advice from those idols that they looked up to. Anthony, what's up? Trey, Jerry Rice here. What up, man? It's Calvin Johnson Jr. Joe Montana here. Hey, Zay, what's up, man? Hey, pal. Peyton Manning here. Oh, no way. Hey, Rasheed, Eric Dickinson here. I'm so excited for you. I've been watching you since your college days. Welcome to the league, young buck. Nah, that's actually crazy. Welcome to Green Bay. How's my locker, by the way? 
<laughs> you made it, brother. You made it. Proud of you, man. Big fan of you and the way you play the game. You're finally in the NFL. It's a dream come true, but it's just the start of your journey. I just encourage you to keep working hard, be the best quarterback and teammate you can be. A lot of great friends tell me you're a better person than you are a quarterback, which says a lot because I've seen some of those throws you make. <laughs> I really enjoy the way you carry yourself, man. You're going to learn that's really, really important in this league. Waiting around on draft day, it sucks. I know the feeling. It's not easy, uh, but I promise you one thing. It's going to make everything that happens from this point on that much sweeter. Enjoy every step of the way. Good luck. If you need anything from me, I'm here for you, man. And I'll be watching this season. Don't break all my records on a rookie year. <laughs> Save me a few things, man. It's truly a blessing to be in the position that you're in. Remember this. You get out what you put in. <laughs> what a piece. What a piece is right. Unbelievable stuff. Really cool collaboration from the NFL and from folks at Fanatics. And it's hard not to get goosebumps. And it kind of, all the negative in the world, you put it away. Like, how cool is that moment? So I'm going to turn to you, Sean. You were obviously a player in the NFL. Who did you grow up idolizing and looking and saying, oh, that's the guy that I want to be. I would love to meet him someday. Yeah, I'm with you, Treggs. Uh, goosebumps all up and down my arms seeing that because – for, for most NFL players, like we were fans of the game at some point in time, and you had guys you looked up to. Walter Payton was my, my, my hero, um, and along with Mike Singletary. I was a big, big Bears fan. So uh, Mike Singletary, the passion, the, the, the focus, everything that he, that he brought to the table uh, was a big part of, of what I tried to emulate you know, as a young player. And, and when you looked up and you watched him on Sundays, like I couldn't wait to get home and watch the games. I couldn't wait to get home and watch that guy with that steely-eyed focus. Um, and uh, I think when you look at what he meant to that defense, too, that was big. That was really big. What do you think, Sarah? Who did you grow up looking up to? I was a soccer player growing up, so Mia Hamm. And I was a goal scorer, and Mia Hamm was like, back in the day, it felt like to me one of the first mainstream female athletes that was everywhere. Remember the Michael Jordan commercial she had back in the day? Um, they, her and Jordan at UNC filmed this commercial, and, and that was very mainstream. And she won, I think, four NCAA championships at UNC. And Dean Smith had the quote that we're not a basketball school, we're a soccer school because they were that big. And then years later, when I was in the business and, and covering sports, I got to cover one of her games. And I remember going to the stadium. It was at the Titan Stadium. And you walk out onto the field, and it was just so many girls just scream, Mia, Mia, Mia. Mm. And it was one of the first times for me, that you saw this female athlete being idolized in the same way that her male counterparts were, that, and she just, she was fast, and she was just, it was cool to be Mia, and so uh, it was Mia Hamm for me. It was huge. Mm -hmm. Nomar was incredible at the time. So yeah. I worked with Nomar, and this was, I don't care about laying myself out now, but back when you're trying to be cool, you don't do that, so I worked at ESPN, I worked with Nomar, he'd come on, and, you know, and, and Nomar was huge in back in the day as well, but I would always think in my head, I'm like, you're married to me. Like, that's all I would think. And I remember yeah, he walked into the yeah, studio one day sure. and we all applauded. It was the show Sports Nation and everyone was applauding. He goes, yeah, I wish I got that reception at home. Made a joke. But all that goes in my, he, I'm like, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. <laughs> Everything yeah, he said, he would home. be talking about baseball yeah, and yeah. this. And this guy hit a home run. And I'm like, 
how was dinner last night? Like, who yeah. was there? Who was at the table? It's all I ever, it's and exciting. I never said that to him, though, because I was being cool. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, yeah, nice to see you. And I, I would, like, pick through every little thing he said, because I'm like, you're married to Mia. That's incredible. I love that. You know, mine, similar to Sean, growing up in Chicago, when I was a seven-year-old, the coolest team in all of sports was the Bears, and the coolest athlete in the world was Walter Payton. And my dad took me down to Water Tower Place Mall in downtown Chicago, where the Bears were going to be showing up to sign their calendar that had come out. And it was like 10 of them all lined up. You get there and there's a three hour wait to get your calendar signed. Biggest team in sports. And I waited, we had three hours to get to the front, three hours. By the time you got to the front, instead of just going down the line and getting everyone to sign the calendar, they had to hurry it up. So they were distributing each person to one player. In other words, you, you go to Dan Hampton, uh, you go to Richard Dent, you go to Otis Wilson. And I'm sitting there and I'm wearing my Walter Payton jersey, I'm wearing my kangaroos headband. All My whole world was, was Walter Payton at the time. And so I get up to the front and the guy who's distributing them sees how I'm dressed and he walks me right over to Dennis McKinnon, the wide receiver. And no. I, I actually start crying on the walk over. I remember it vividly. And I love Dennis McKinnon. I'm crying, seven years old, and, my, and he takes me to McKinnon. I get to the table and I'm handing it. Dennis McKinnon, to his credit, says, no, 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 this won't do. Walks around the table, takes me by the hand, oh. brings me over to Walter. Excuse me, excuse me, Walter, we have a special fan here. Walter was Walter. He was amazing. I have since talked to Dennis McKinnon about that story as an adult, and I've thanked him. And he's, he, you know, he laughs. He's an amazing guy. Great, great guy. But Walter was my everything. Like, there was an aura around him when I saw him. I don't remember what he said. I remember my ears started to ring when he was talking. And he's got that, it's cool. Oh, how are you? That soft voice. And he signed it. Uh, it was amazing. Great, great, great memory for me personally. I love oh, that. So that cool. So Dennis good. McKinnon was a hero for me. Dennis so stepped cool. up big time. Uh, huge, yeah. huge. Um, real quick, I knew I was never going to play professional sports from the second I picked up a ball at any sport. Sure. Sure. Yet I loved sports so much, and I would wake up on Sunday mornings and I would watch a show called The Sports Reporters on ESPN, and it was all these <laughs> local beat guys, and there was this like classy silver fox of a gentleman who just held court and was the host, and it was Dick Shap. And Dick Shap to me sure. was the, the on the far right there. Yeah, the far right. That's a young Dick Shap. Really young. Um, obviously, you know his son Jeremy now. Dick, pa Dick has since passed, but to me, Dick Shap was everything about sports journalism. He was so New York. He worked for Jimmy Breslin as mm. a youth, and then would go on and be this veteran voice, obviously of ESPN, but of course across the board as far as journalism goes. So Dick Shap was the guy that I wanted. Great to answer. And here I am on a show talking with you guys. Look at you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.